is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Steelers Blitz on a Monday. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes with you here the day after the conclusion of the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine. We are just about a week or so away from free agency, about a month and a half away from the draft. It's speculation time. It's hypothetical time. And before we get to some of your tweets, there's one more guy here specifically that I want to talk about with you, Arthur Motes. We'll continue to discuss all these guys throughout this process, but as it relates to what we just saw at the Combine, and that, of course, is one defensive lineman out of the University of Georgia, reigning national champion, Jordan Davis. Arthur Motes, 4.78 speed again for a 6'6", 340-pound guy. Just incredible. There's been a lot of conversation about where can you take him in the draft because because he's a freak and he's got some really good tape, but he was also part of a Georgia team that, man, they had just dudes all over the place in that yeah, front, and, and they did a lot of substituting. You know, he only played an average of 20-some like snaps. 25%, 25% of the snaps, yeah. Yeah. Where, where do you – like, let me ask you, does that give you pause? Does that concern you? I mean, obviously, if you're talking about taking a guy in the first round, because I think that is where you would have to take Jordan Davis. Yes. You would want him to play a lot more. But I look at it as a couple of things. Number one, there wasn't a need for him at Georgia to play more than that. When they went to their sub package ball, they had a ton of pass rushers. They had a ton of speed out there. So you could allow him to come off the field. I don't think that it was solely a conditioning thing with him. Now, could he improve his conditioning? Sure. Could you drop maybe 10 pounds off of him so he can play maybe 35 to 40% of the snaps? Sure. But at the end of the day, I think, man, when you see him on tape, he can pass rush. Now, granted, he doesn't have an array of move, but he has a platinum move, which is the bull rush. And you have to respect when you're 6'6", 350. But now when you're seeing him run a 478, that's also telling you that he has a little bit more speed that you can keep him on the field in some of this sub package ball because he can, you know, run to that ball. He is going to be able to play the reach blocks and stuff like that that he would get as a three technique or a, a one technique when you're playing in that sub package compared to when you're in base and he's solely over sure. the center. So you have some flexibility with that. So for me, man, seeing the speed, that definitely makes it intriguing because now I feel like, yeah, he can't potentially stay on that field for some of these third down packages. Now with a guy that big, you still don't want him out there a ton of snaps just because you know, man, just because you're playing 70 snaps doesn't mean they're 78 plus quality snaps. A lot of guys that play all those snaps, you look mm-hmm. on tape, it's usually 15 to 20 of those snaps. You're like, bro, you should have came off the field for that. Yeah. So for me, I just look at Jordan and say, man, he already has that built in. He's already accustomed to that. And knowing that you're coming here to Pittsburgh where you would have a Cam Haywood already, where you have a Tyson Alualu already, where you could potentially have a Stefan Tuitt returning to you already, you don't feel the need to have to play him as much, but you could also be getting him in that room, letting him learn from Cam, letting him learn from Tyson and those guys. And he could eventually see that, hey, right now I'm fine with this 25, 30% of these snaps, but in two years, no different. We talked about Javon Hargrave. You're going to need to step up. Your play needs to expand, Mm -hmm. and we Mm -hmm. need to expect more from you. I just think that, man, if you take him because of the athletic gifts that he has, along with the sheer strength that he has, it makes you feel a little bit more comfortable bringing him in because he does appear to be a force multiplier. And I personally think that he would shore up that run defense in a major way. 
I see. I knew. I knew. I I knew it. That last thing you said there. I agreed with everything you I mean, said. Dude, that gave last thing twenty five hundred yards on the ground. That's a ton but, of yardage. You and I. Everybody who does Steelers media, I don't care if it's radio, television, if you're a writer, and honestly, even national football media, we've talked at nauseum about the offensive line. Rightfully so. It has to get better. It wasn't anywhere near varsity last season. But you know what's just as big of an issue as your offensive line? Your mm-hmm. run your run defense. Absolutely, man. Which was the worst in the league last year. And so for everything that you just said, I, you know, there's a lot of, oh, if Jordan Davis is only a, a, a two-down guy, can you really take him at 20th overall? If he starts that way as just a two-down guy but has an instant impact on your run defense, I think that that's totally worth it. Because, again, you I don't care how much the offense improves. If your defense has given up that many yards on the ground per game, you're going to struggle to win. And, and- think about this, right? We talked about, hey, man, this is a passing league. Nobody wants to run the ball. Until they played us. Until they played us, teams started to look like it was 2010 all over again. They out there, hey, run that ball 40, 50 times. I'm like, man, you watch this team on tape, they never run the ball that much. But versus us, because of our inability Mm -hmm. to stop the run, because of our inability to generate any type of pressure in the run game in the interior part, and we knew that the linebacker play wasn't up to par, teams love that opportunity. Teams that you typically would associate with passing the ball came in here and ran that ball down our throat, and there was yep. nothing that we could do about it. And that's something that we just can't repeat, man. That, that to me, was just gory at times, man, because this is a it's team tough to that when you're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have never been viewed like that. They might have had trouble in the secondary, but they have never, never struggled like this against the run. And that's something that we just cannot repeat because it doesn't matter what talent you have on the other side. If you can't stop that run, you're never going to get the ball back. Teams are going to be able to control the clock. They're going to be able to keep your defense out there forever. And then even if you got talented guys like TJ and Cam, they're going to get tired. You're not going to allow them to do what they do best, which is rush the passer. So, yeah, man, to me, I, I could easily see Jordan Davis making a lot of sense, man. And I think, too, one of the things you touched on, you know, it's kind of the Steeler way. Like, if he comes in this first year and he's only a two-down guy, but he has success doing that, and then you build from there, isn't that kind of the Steeler way along the D-line? Like, Absolutely. Aaron Smith, None of those guys come in and play day one, start day one, play 99% of the snaps day one. Aaron Smith didn't come into Pittsburgh and, and was lighting it up and was one of the most underrated defensive linemen in the league right away. Brett Kiesel didn't step in right away and was playing every single snap. Cam Hayward, who was even a first-round pick, he a couple years mm-hmm. to get to his role. Javon Hargrave, Stephon Tewitt. This is kind of what they do, and defensive line is one of those positions to me too, Motsi. You'd rather draft guys there a year early than a year late. Yes, because yes. Because, you know, if you do take Jordan Davis and it's it's a nice rookie year, but then it continues to build, that's a lot worse than you and I sitting here in the middle of November pulling our hair out going, oh, man, they still can't stop the run. And they got, they're plucking guys off of practice squads to try and fix that problem. Yeah, without a doubt. And I just think, man, with the Jordan dude, man, with Jordan Davis, what's to say that his conditioning doesn't improve? I know for me, man, when you're in the NFL, it's different when you're doing this around the clock. It changes your dynamic. It allows you to work on your body more. It allows you to work on the nutrition element a lot more. And imagine if, like I said, you just drop 10 pounds off of him, lean him out a little bit more, you know, 
increase that that, that the muscle mm-hmm. and, and decrease the fat. Now you're going to have better cardio for him. Now he's going to be able to do some of those same things that we love, but also do it at a higher level and do it more frequently as well. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, and I you know, like that's that's just that's been an element of the Steelers' defense that they haven't had in a long like that guy who just sits in the middle and can can clog up blocks, can clog up run lanes. They haven't had that since Casey Hampton, but Casey Hampton Seriously. was Casey Hampton was six one, six two, three thirty. You said Hamp six one, six two. I mean, that's I know that's a good day. That's, I ain't that's where that's, that's, that's where Boots right. Generous. That is very generous. Six You're one, right, six two. Woo. He was like he was like listed at six one, which means that he was yeah, a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but that's like you can't tell me that if you're getting a version of that. A guy that can just command attention in the middle of the field, frees up to it, frees up Cam Hayward, lets T.J. Watt do his thing, clocks up the middle of that field. That, to me, is something you've been missing for a long time. And would, and would again, have an instant impact. That's what you want from your first-rounders, instant right? Impact, right? Instant, instant impact, right? Instant impact. That would have an instant impact on your run defense that was the worst in the league last year and and still wasn't great in 2020. It wasn't horrible in 2020 either, but it, but it wasn't great. You've got to, all these things that we've talked about about the defense kind of carrying the load here until they figure out the quarterback situation. You can't stop the run. That's a pipe dream. That ain't happening. No question. And we saw that. And we also see that, hey, <clears throat> when you don't have the piece that you want in front of your linebacker play, how the linebackers are affected by that. We said that, man, that was the case with Devin Bush to an extent. That was the case with Joe Schobert and even Robert Spillane to an extent. So why repeat process? And <laughs> Obviously, right now, as we're talking, we still don't have 100% confirmation on Stefan Tua's availability, and we know Correct. that that is a more – that's a big deal. But I think with that being the case and understanding where Tyson is in his career, coming off of an injury where he's going to be, what, 34 potentially. You're talking about Cam Hayward, who's going to be, what, 33, I believe it is this season. Yep. Those guys are getting older. You don't know how long they're going to be available to you. You have a guy like Jordan Davis potentially available to you. It's like, man, don't waste time. Go ahead, get this guy. Get him in the system down because he is going to pay you dividends, not just this year, but in two to three years as well when those guys are gone and now he becomes the vet. Yeah, and and like I said, I just I feel strongly that that's one of those positions that you'd rather draft a year early than draft a year late. Yeah. Um. And, and again, this is what makes this time of year so interesting. And who knows? Jordan Davis, with what he did this week, Maybe he's gone by pick 12, 13, 14, 15, and, and it's a you know, it's a it's a non-starter. But I tell you what, if he's still sitting there, I would have a hard time passing that guy up because I do think he can have have that instant impact and be part of the long term picture like like you and I have discussed. And that's kind of the the ultimate goal. Instant impact yeah, and, no and, and, and 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 longevity. And worst case scenario, you 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 you, you Hayward stays healthy, you get to it back, Alu Alu stays healthy. You still need more dudes, and and you know you, you could have that Javon this, Hargrave Tyson, type thing. Think about with Tyson. When Tyson came here, he wasn't a three down player. He right. was a two down guy. We said right. we got Cam and we have two. We don't need him out there. But eventually, it became that hey, if those guys need a breather, if those guys go down, he is capable of sliding out to play a little bit more of the sub package ball. Yep. I just think that Jordan Davis can give you similar things with just a more massive frame, and that's the thing. Like. Six six three fifty. That that you don't just find that. That's not normal. And then you throw that four seven on top of that. It's like man, that is crazy right. in terms of just the athletic ability that he has, and it just puts more of a premium on him, man. 
I'm absolutely with you. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It's our final segment here of the Steelers Blitz on a Monday. Plenty to get to. Plenty of thoughts on the combine. Uh, Motsi, one before we go to the tweets, because like I said, we did get a couple tweets here that I, I wanted to make sure to answer. Um, mm-hmm. Question for you, because today's defensive back uh, Sunday, defensive backs day to, to close yes. out the combine. Uh, would you rather? And I don't think either is going to be. Now. I don't think either is going to be there at twenty. But who would you, who do you have ranked number one? Are you a Sauce Gardner guy? Or are you a Derek Stingley Jr. guy? I'm a Sauce guy, man. I, I'm I'm big on press man to man hands. I saw him playing the net uh, in the semifinals against a, an elite receiver, and I saw what looked it looked like, like. He belonged. Absolutely. For me, man, it's yeah. I, I'm I'm going with Sauce, no question, man, or Ahmad Gardner, however we want to refer to him. I but like I just Sauce think that, man, personally. Yeah, I just think that he has proven that in the NFL, this is what you want. You want guys that aren't afraid to press. You want guys that aren't afraid to use their hands. But at the same time, guys that have top-notch ball skills, guys that have uh, really quick footwork, guys that understand routes as well. And I think that Sauce brings all of that to the table. And you saw him do it at a non-powerhouse. It wasn't like he was playing at Bama. It wasn't like he was playing at, like you said, a a USC or or Florida or any of these schools. He played at Cincinnati. So you know he had to go above and beyond his development had to show, and you see that. And like you said, when you watch him in these games where he matched up against elite talent, you look at what that elite talent looked like across from him, and you look like what it looked like when he wasn't out there. And that, to me, was the biggest sign right there for me. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think people might people might look at the forty time and say four four seven. You know, okay, mm-hmm. that's not bad speed, but that's not great speed. Right. And you consider his size, though. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's he measured six three at the combine. Exactly. So that's, that's not that's like legitimate. That's legit, legit. Yeah. That's not the Cincinnati, you know, like media guide has him mm-hmm. listed at six three. That's legit, legit. He's not one of these five eleven and a half corners. Because it's um, a ton of those guys out there, and those are the yeah. guys that struggle against these new age, bigger body receivers. Yes, Sauce, you don't have to worry about that. Sauce has that size to stand up on the perimeter like a true big dog. He's not afraid of the jump ball. He's not afraid of the bigger body Chase Claypool, DK Metcalf type receivers. And like you said, 4-4 is still fast. Let's not act like that's not fast. 4-4 is still fast. And when you complement that with the technique that he plays with, shoot, Stephon Gilmore, for example. Gilmore wasn't a 4-3-4-2 guy. Gilmore's a 4-4-4-5, a 4-4-5 type of guy. Correct. But his technique, his smarts, and his toughness are unbelievable. And that's why you can see him have the success that he's had to obviously being a defensive player of the year winner. Like, those are the type of guys that you get. And like you said, Sauce is even taller, 6'3". I like that, man. I like him a lot, man. No, me as well, too. I, I think he can have that type of, you know, like what we saw this past year um, from J.C. Horn, from, yeah, from Patrick Sertain, like guys who walked in and looked like number one corners – Week mm-hmm. one, like, I I think he's got that potential. I'm I'm I hopeful. Agree. I'm hopeful he doesn't end up in the division or against somebody where we're gonna Ooh, have to. Where we're gonna have to see. The truth. We're gonna yes. have to see. Him. <laughs> we don't want those problems. No, not today. Zero problems, big fella. Mm-hmm. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. To the tweets we go. Um, reminder: You got tweets about it. It's this is hypothetical season, folks. So if if you've got a thought, if you've got a question, comment, concern, reaction, you tweet us at Wesley Euler at Dubody Fifty Two. Dubody, and 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 we'll go with it. It's again, combine just wrapped up. We've got uh, the franchise tag deadline is coming up this week on when uh, Tuesday, I believe it is. Tuesday, yes. Um, we are 
10 days away, less nine days away from free agency, uh, NFL draft at the end of April. You got questions about it. We've got answers. Let's get to some of the tweets here. Our buddy Steeler Nation 920 wants to know uh, thoughts about a guy like Travis Jones out of UConn. Loved watching his tape, stood out like he was supposed to, and his speed I think is definitely faster um, than his testing at the combine. What do you guys think? No, man, Travis, I like him a lot, man. He looks too. like a, a bigger poor man's version of an Aaron Donald when he rushes the passer in terms of how violent his hands are. He's a guy that can win one-on-one, but you can also run games where he's actually the looper in the sense, right? We always look at Jordan Davison. When you watch him in pass rush, he's always the penetrator, always. So if you're an offensive line, you can formulate a plan for that. Travis Jones, he plays with a little bit more athletic ability, sideline to sideline in a sense, and he, he and it gives you more flexibility in terms of how you want to use him in the rush. I mm-hmm. also think that in terms of his conditioning, he plays a lot more snaps than Jordan because his conditioning is already better at this stage. So you can see the productivity and why his technique is able to stay really good for longer periods of time in contrast to how Jordan Davis, when he gets a little fatigued, he starts to play a lot higher than you would like. So yeah, Travis, I mean, the, the big knock on him is he played at UConn and you always have to put into account just the quality of talent he was going against when you're looking at a Jordan Davis playing in the SEC and you know the caliber of offensive lineman that he's facing on a day-in and day-out basis. So that's my only issue with Travis, but I think Travis, man, is, is a guy that regardless of the slower testing time, When you cut on the tape, he is a guy that makes plays. He is a guy that just makes great impact in terms of against the run, and you keep on the field in terms of having him rush the passer also. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe this is similar. This was a point that I had on Jordan Davis, too, that I think applies with Travis. A lot of people concerned about how polished that pass rushing is, Mm -hmm. but not as many questions in the run game. I'm I'm, I'm more willing to lean that way on the defensive line because – I mean, Moats, the Steelers have led the league in sacks for, what, five straight years? Absolutely. Been a long time. Long, 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 long. It's been a long time. time. Like, Cam Hayward can get after the quarterback. Stephon Tua can get after the quarterback. We know the defensive player of the year, T.J. Watt, who just tied the NFL single-season sack record, can get after the quarterback. I think none of us, you know, I don't think any of us think that Alex Highsmith is going to be an all-pro, but he got better from year one to year two. That production Mm -hmm. went up. He showed some flashes, particularly down the stretch. I think we're all very confident in his ability as well, too. If you're getting one of these guys on the defensive line who maybe needs some work in the pass rush department but is is stout in the run game, that's fine with me this offseason because, again, that's getting back to one of the biggest issues that this team has. So I'm, I'm cool with some of these guys who need some more polish in the pass rushes. Is, is, that, is that fair logic? No, I think that's definitely fair logic. I mean, none of these guys are actually like the perfect prospect. We get that. Right. But when you're talking about, hey, man, could I take a guy that I think – does this, this, and this really well, and we maybe can develop that. Yeah, I don't think you shy away from those guys in a year like this where we know we don't have, like you said, a roster where it's just one piece we're missing. We know we have multiple things that we have to address. I just think that's the way you do it in a sense, or you have to at least be open to that type of approach in a year like how we are having right now. No, I, I think that's well said. Uh, Ranger Abraham, our buddy out in Colorado. Shout out to Ranger us. Abraham, baby. And says, all right, fellas, I need to know, what do you think of the USFL and the new Pittsburgh team? And could we ever see an official minor league set up for pro football in the NFL? Um, I mean, I like it. Uh, I do think that, you know, in the sense of could we ever see a minor league set up? Sure. I don't know if it's going to be the USFL because a lot of times these smaller 
you know, startup leagues, they come in with the mindset of, hey, we want to compete against the NFL. And I think that that's a flawed business model. But if they can get on board, potentially even with like the NFL PA as well, or some type of avenue where you can create this little bit of a feeder system for guys that maybe want to leave college a year or two early, but they still have the eligibility they have to uh, right. they have to wait for. You know, this could be a, a different window for them. Guys that may have had a rough go at it early on in their career and they're looking to revitalize it, this could potentially be that. But I think the biggest issue typically always boils down to funding. That was the reason why the XFL and the AAL have all faltered, even though we felt like at times they were being successful because of the money part of it. And that's the part where I just, I'm always skeptical about these leagues right now. Completely agree with everything you said. And I'll say this too, as it relates to the Pittsburgh element of it, eventually, and I realize that this is just year one, okay? And they're trying to make it work. And, and the finances are obviously a huge thing, like, like you said. But the Pittsburgh Maulers, the USFL team, is not playing their games in Pittsburgh. Right, not this year. They'll be supposed to be next season, but supposed to be this next year. Everybody's season. in that's with a mobile Bur- or something like that, or right? Birmingham or Mobile, yeah. Alabama. Yeah, that's going to be another thing too. And again, I realize it's just one year. They're trying to get the financial stability, you know, figured out and everything. Eventually, you're going to have to play these games in the cities, though, to really build because you can slap Pittsburgh on it as much as you want, but if they're playing their games a thousand miles away, it doesn't it, it doesn't have the same kind of all? Oh, that's our right. you know that team's that's one of our, our team. teams. Yeah. yeah. Um, but hey, I, I would love to see it work out. Um, I've never been one of these people that, and I think you and I have talked about this before. Like I've never been a person that yearns for spring football. I love football. My job revolves around football, but for seven, eight months a year, that's all I think about are the Pittsburgh Steelers and WVU. Like I need a little break. (laughs) And I also, I like the, I like the sports calendar. I like basketball and I like hockey and I like college sports and I like watching the masters in the springtime. And I like, I I like how you say that as if the combat isn't going on right now with all these other big time events going on right now. It doesn't take away from that. It just adds to it. It's kind of like, I need a a football break. I need, I just need, if you're at dinner, so tell me if you're at dinner and you're like, I got my steak, I got my mac and cheese. So you're going to tell them, don't bring the Brussels sprouts as well? You're going to tell them, hey, no. man, I know I know this cheesecake is awesome. Don't bring that cheesecake. No, 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 no. Oh, oh, you got the cream corners. Oh, no, 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 no. You keep all that away. I just want to focus on this right now. No, we're not going to say that. We're going to say, all right, I'll just take a little bit of that. I don't have to take a lot. It's a little bit of that. That's kind of how I look at it, you know? Listen, I love filet. All right. You know, Indy, like the steakhouse capital of America. Mm-hmm. I had some delicious steaks this past week. Shout you out to our- You eat steak year round. You eat steak year round. You didn't go out there and say, I man, do. you know what? I need a break from steak. I don't but want to I eat don't, steak No, today. I don't eat it every day. If I talk football, I talk football with you every day. You know, like I eventually a, a, a little paw, you know, I love filet, but you know, I want some salmon too. I want some chicken mm-hmm. too. Maybe a pizza every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I love, fo- I love football. But my palate needs some hockey. It needs some basketball. It maybe even needs some golf and some soccer and stuff like that from Olympics mm-hmm. from time. to I just I like the rhythm of the sports calendar. I do. And I realize we work in football and it's because it's a year. It, it never goes away. That's why we get right. to do things like this. But I I mean, I, think about it. there was a time where people didn't even want football to be year round. Right. And it is. The NFL right. is year round. Every month there is a big event. With football that we have to talk about every, every month. single month. So I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, I don't necessarily agree with what you're saying because so how you're many hearing people, Jimmy, but you're not yeah, listening to Jimmy. <laughs> I'm like, how many people 
complain about, oh man, it's too much, but yet the combine, oh, it's most few. Oh, the draft, oh, it's most few. Oh, free agency. Oh, we got to talk free agency. Oh, it's OTAs and minicamp. We cover OTAs and minicamp. Great point. Rookie minicamp too. tune in for that. Think about it. So that's why for me, I'm just like, I don't necessarily think that people would get burnt out with it. I think it's all about the quality of it. It's about the quality. And if the quality isn't good, then yes, now we will feel burnt out when you're like, bro, I don't want to watch, you know, below average players. I want to watch this level player. Right. But at the same time, I don't think we will ever get burnt out per se of football because we do this year round already. It's the (laughs) United States of football. It's March. It's March. When's the last time the Steelers played a game right now? January. It's March. It's March. We've been talking about football, and it still haven't even played in almost two months. Going on, and three. they're not—they're not gonna play again <laughs> till August. That's the thing that I'm saying. So that's why, for me, I just feel like, man, if the quality is good, if they can get the funding, I think that people will show up because we saw that in the XFL, we saw that in the AAL, people were showing up. They were watching those games. They were—they had the TV deals, but it really goes down to the money. If they don't feel like the money is committed. If they don't feel like the networks are committed, then fans aren't going to be committed to it. But if fans see CBS, ESPN, Fox, or whatever other network hosting these games, they're going to go. I mean, shoot, Pat McAfee was working for them in a sense. Think about that. Big <laughs> like, name. It's a big name. Exactly. So that's why for me, it was like when you look at some of the names they have, some of these coaches that they have, Todd Haley, another prime example. It's like, Bob man, Stoops. These are legit dudes. People will show up to watch them coach. People will show up because they're going to say, well, hey, man, if he can make that team good, can we call him up and bring him here? Can, can he come and join us in the NFL level? I just think that that's how it will go if it could, if it can survive. But the biggest thing is always survival. Most of these leagues don't last for more than two years. I tell you what, baseball lockout wouldn't hurt their cause either as long as this, uh-huh, as long as that thing continues. Right. Think about uh, baseball. Baseball, man, 300 games a year. Don't nobody care about that. It's like, man, I ain't watching all them games, but – it's there. I'm sure it's a person out there that's like, I watch every single one of these games and I love it. Yeah, it's like, God man, bless I get you it. You yeah, God, God bless you. God bless you. But it's, that's no, not it's, my call. Man, <laughs> I can't listen. I, I love WVU athletics. If they played games yeah. six days a week, my heart would explode. I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> handle I couldn't handle the stress. All right. Joe tweets us some fun ones, and this is a good way for us to get out of here. All right. First one What's your biggest first world problem? Oh, man. Um, well, at the location I'm currently at, the Wi-Fi isn't the best. Uh, <laughs> yep. Motsi, mine is um, that my phone is getting to that point where the battery life ain't lasting so long anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, the phone the phone still works fine, but you know how this oh, yeah, always works. Eventually, they, you know, they, that battery just dies so that they kind of force your hand to buy a new one. Oh, you know how this goes. W- would you expect anything different? <laughs> no, I would not. I absolutely would not. I'm getting to that point where, like, you know, I'm like, oh, man, looking for a charger all the time, and, and it's not good. First world problem. First uh, world, baby. <laughs> number number two here. I like See, I like these. In a crowd of 100 people, how many would be more patient than you? 99. <laughs> what's, what's the situation, though? That's the other part. Like, are we talking about we're going Traffic. to a venue? Are we talking about leaving a venue? Like, traffic? Yeah, because, like, for me, like, I don't mind being patient if I'm not in a hurry to be somewhere. But if you're telling me, hey, I'm trying to get to work and then it's this, well, yeah, I think I'll be a little bit more impatient. But if we're just talking about, hey, let's go to get dinner right now, 
I just, hey, I'm going to be very patient. I, I have all the time in the world, you know? So that's why I just need a little more context with that thing. But yeah, Wes, I, I've seen you, man. You you get a little amped up. You got to work on your breathing. Pa- listen. Usa. <laughs> listen, I, I like to think the good Lord blessed me with many traits, many positive traits. Uh, but the day that God was handing out patience, I must not have been around. I didn't, uh, I didn't get, I didn't get that one. <laughs> Last one. Any modes of transportation that you have never tried? I like these. Um, I don't know. Well, like in the classic I, sense, I don't think so. Like I've been on a plane, driven a car. Yeah, I've been on a train. I've been, been on, on a plane, boat. I've been on a boat. Been on yeah. a train. You know, oh, you know, what's one, you know, it's one for me. I've never been on, I've never what's been that? on one of those hoverboards. Like I've, I've been on like electric scooters, like, you know, those, those hoverboard things that were all the rage a few years ago where everyone was wiping oh, out in the video. When you said hoverboard, I'm thinking like a legit, like hoverboard, not like oh, the yeah. little skate thing that you, yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of look at those like electric skateboard. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I was just last week out, you know, I was scooting around all week in downtown yeah. Indy. I like, mm. but I, I don't think I've ever been on one of those hoverboards, but other than that, I'm. I'm pretty. I'm a wild boy, all right. I think I've tried it all. Yeah, I about to say, yeah, yeah, man. I guess a, a, a old school like choo choo train. Then with, with the there guy that wears a the lo- hat, a locomotive, a, a locomotive. Yeah, I haven't been on a locomotive. Wait, I've been I got on one. these these newer trains though. I've actually got one motorcycle. I've never ridden a motorcycle. There you go. Yeah, see, I'm a little wild. I've actually, I've had, I've, I've, I've been on one. Yeah, yeah, it happened now. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Great stuff to get us out of here. I wouldn't do it again, but I did it. I wouldn't do it again, but I did it. (laughs) Try anything once. Try anything once. Uh, Again, you got tweets for us the rest of the week. You know where to get at us. We'll answer them, not live on the show, but if if they're pertinent to the conversation, we'll bookmark them. We'll make sure to uh, to still get to your guys' involvement. Uh, That was a lot of fun today. Big shout out to our guy Chris Carter for joining joining us yeah, in the second absolutely. segment of the show. Again, make sure you're showing him love. Locked on Steelers podcast. That guy works his tail off, uh, pumping out content every single day. And as always, a big shout out and a thank you. And a can't wait to see you soon. To the best co-host in the business, Arthur Motes. Hey, boop, 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 boop. you know. <laughs> So that'll do it for us today. We're, we're still going forward in our off-season schedule. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, you can still hear us at high noon on SNR. But if you want the podcast a little bit earlier, if you want some early access, Steelers Blitz, wherever you get your podcast, that's where you can get us on your schedule if you can't tune in at noon. So we'll be back on Wednesday with more a little Moats Host Wednesday for the next episode. Yeah, I can't wait. So we'll talk to you guys then. As always, you know where to find us. It's the Steelers Blitz podcast or at high noon on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. There it is. <laughs>